0: Good morning. morning. Welcome to our service of worship today. I'd like to invite all of you to sign the fellowship pad that you'll find on the somewhere along the pew so we can serve you better and know that you worshiped with us today. I thank you for Beth and her beautiful music, and I thank her in advance, Miranda Parker, Miranda Gunn. Sorry, I had to go through all that to get there uh, for singing today because I know that you're going to enjoy that beautiful music. Have not but two announcements today. Number one, we're going to have a hymn sing in a few minutes, and there's only one rule really it has to come from this hymnal, not the faith we sing. This hymnal, and We'll ask you just to call out some numbers, and I'll hear it, and tell it to Beth, and we'll go from there. And you may sit down for the hymn sing. There's no children's church today, so all the children will remain with us. And one aside, I'm not going to be singing with you today, because I want my voice to hold out through the rest of this service. You may not want it, but I want it to hold out for the whole service. So I'll listen to your singing when we get to the hymns. So at this time, we're going to have our chimes? No chimes. They're up here and best down here. So no chimes today. Let's all stand for the call to worship. Rejoice in Christ Jesus, the beauty of God. We stand in the one who bless us. Joy. Rejoice in Christ Jesus, the light of salvation. We one who us. In Rejoice in Christ Jesus, the hope of new life. We one who blesses us. Hope. Rejoice in Christ Jesus, the one who is here. Please bow for prayer. Holy and loving God, in the fullness of time, you revealed yourself to us as the Christ child. Reveal yourself to us again, that we may know and trust your promises with the faith and strength of Anna and Simeon. And as Jesus grew in strength and wisdom, so may we grow in the strength and wisdom of your holy word. Amen. And now let us greet one another in the peace and love of Christ. Do we have a first request? 400 400 Was that 400?
1: Yes.
0: First verse Another one? $3.99. 399. That's close enough. Verse Verse 3. Another one?
1: 398. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, three ninety eight. Verse 2. One final request, 144, 144. first one. thank you and that was beautiful music to my ears and now if the if the children i see one would come forward for i see two or three come on up for children's church miss annette has the children's message today
2: Those are called? They're statues. They're a nativity set. It's about Jesus' birth. See, there he is. He's the baby.
0: Do you have one of these at your
2: house? You don't? Well, I have another one up here that I'll show you that does something special in just a minute. Okay. Y'all know, it didn't cost a lot of money. It was a gift. (laughs) Um, Let's see. Is everybody here? Who's this? Baby Jesus and who are these people? Um, Can you see? No, Joseph and Mary. Uh, let's see, are the shepherds here? Uh, yeah, look, he's got a shepherd's stick. Uh, wise men. And the angel. That's a camel. Yep. It looks like everybody's here. Suggest that maybe there's two people missing. You think, oh well, I meant two important people in this Christmas story. There were two people who recognized who this little baby Jesus was even before the wise men got there. God's brother. I don't think so. Let's, Luke is the only one who tells this story in the Bible, though, the Gospel of Luke. Okay. So Mary and Joseph took the baby Jesus when he was about 40 days old to the temple in Jerusalem. Just a minute, Ryder. Let me tell this story. So they took the baby Jesus when he was a little bit older to the temple to have him dedicated and presented to God. Like all good Jewish little boys. Okay, a man named Simeon. Have you ever heard of Simeon? You haven't. I bet it would have been your Sunday school lesson last week. They don't really. They just make their best gifts. Okay, so anyway, Mary and Joseph and the baby Jesus go to the temple in Jerusalem, and there's a man there named Simeon who comes running over and recognizes that Jesus, this little baby, is the one who's going to save Israel. And Simeon had been told by God that he would see that happen. He would see God's son before he died. He knew that. And he recognized Jesus. And something told him to go to the temple that day. Who do you think it was? God. God's. The Holy Spirit told Simeon to go on this particular day at this particular time. So he grabbed that baby in his arms and started talking about all this stuff he was going to do when he grew up. And Mary and Joseph were just amazed. They were like, I don't know this man. How does he know us? And why is he holding my baby? I bet she was thinking, why is he holding my baby? Okay. Simeon, we don't know exactly what he did, but we do know that he listened to God and he obeyed. So, now Luke continues with the story. At that very instant, that's what it says. Some say at that very moment, a lady named Anna arrived, who was very old. She was 84 years old, and she lived at the temple all the time. Just a minute. And she started praising God. She recognized Jesus, too, as the Son of God. She was a prophetess, which means she understood more than most people. So her words are not recorded, but we know that she praised God, too. Now, these two people didn't have great power like the angels, or they weren't real smart like these wise men, but they had the Holy Spirit, and they listened and obeyed God. We are ordinary people, too. But can God use us? He can. So I'm going to suggest that we have a little prayer, and then I'm going to show you what this does. Okay? Let's pray. Dear God, thank you for all your wonderful Christmas characters and Christmas stories. Thank you that you use ordinary people like Anna and Simeon and even me to do things for you here on earth. Amen. Okay, now look. We And there's Anna. I won't break it. I promise. Okay. Watch what happens. Let's see. You think it's gonna move? head start. There it goes. Look at them. Now we've got the wise men, the shepherd, Mary and Joseph and the baby are inside there, and the angels, and now we have Anna and Simeon.
1: they're They're traveling
2: to see the baby. Well, you can go back to your seats, and if you need a worship bag with some things to do in it, there's some right there.
0: Thank you, Miss Annette, and thank you, children. If you would bow your heads in prayer, Lord. Open our hearts, minds, and souls to hear your holy word. Begin our days that we might receive your holy word in the anticipation and joy of an Anna and a Simeon. Now, Lord, I ask that you put me behind the cross, that this congregation today will hear your words, will hear what you want them to hear, Amen. Our gospel or our Old Testament reading today comes from Psalm 148 verses 7 through 14. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the earth. You see monsters in all deeps, fire and hail, snow and frost, stormy wind fulfilling his command mountains and all hills fruit trees and all cedars wild animals and all cattle creeping things and flying birds kings of the earth and all peoples princes and all rulers of the earth young men and women alike old and young together let them praise the name of the lord for his name alone is exalted his glory is above earth and heaven He has raised up a horn for his people. Praise for all his faithful, for the people of Israel who are close to him. Praise the Lord. And our gospel reading today is from the gospel of Luke, verses 25 through 32. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. and for glory to your people, Israel." This is the word of God, for the people of God, thanks be to God. In the three verses preceding the Gospel reading today, Luke has given us some background information for this reading it was time to take the infant child to the temple. He had been circumcised at the eighth day, and now he's to be dedicated to God. It was not always the custom to do what they had to do that day. They had to name the baby. In Jesus' day, A young Jewish male baby was not named until after the circumcision and the consecration had been performed. Mary also had a job to do that day. She had to sacrifice a pair of unblemished turtle doves or two pigeons. This was required for her purification following childbirth. Until this time, she could not touch anything holy or worship in a sanctuary. Interesting rules and regulations. All this was required by Jewish law. Both Joseph and Mary had shown their willingness to do God's will, and now they were demonstrating their willingness to obey the Jewish law also. When they had taken the child for circumcision, Mary and Joseph had probably risen very early in the morning to walk the six or eight miles to to the temple from Bethlehem. Mary might have ridden on a donkey. We don't know. But can you imagine either walking with a baby around your neck in a sling like Megan used to use at, right after little Madeline was born, or riding on the back of a donkey. Neither would be very comfortable, would it? Of quite a task. Too often, we feel that we are very put out if there's no parking place right at the door of the store or the door of the church or wherever we're going. If you go to Kroger for your groceries on Wednesday, you will find that the parking lot is somewhat of a zoo. And how many of you would risk life and limb to park at the top of that parking lot and walk down to the grocery store dodging, backing up cars and buggies and all of the people just to get in a few steps? Not many of us. Then how many of you walked to church this morning? Rider? Right, or how far did you walk? <laughs> walked from the parking lot in, didn't you? But we don't walk to church. We feel greatly put out if we have to walk just a few extra steps to get where we're going. We weren't like Joseph and Mary. We didn't even want to think about walking to church. They went to the temple to consecrate this child. And it's difficult for us to visualize the fact that the temple grounds comprised about, (coughs) excuse me, about 35 acres. It was a huge place. Acres of buildings and open courtyards. Of course, I didn't cough at all first service. (coughs) Open courtyards. Many, many people came to the temple to conduct business, to worship, to pray, for sacrifice. Many reasons to be there. But just think what a feat it would be to see someone in all that throng that you had been waiting to see all this time. Linda cusey Wolf had a favorite word, God's synchronicity. God synchronizes things to his time. And God synchronized the arrival of Simeon in that courtyard with Mary and Joseph coming through. They had to be there. At just the right times. Not actors on a stage, but guided by God. Luke tells us that a man known as Simeon showed up, and what a day he was going to make for Mary and Joseph. They had already come in. They were tired. But there was a resident in Jerusalem who had been promised by God that he would not die until he had seen the Messiah that was going to come into the world. If you're thinking, well, how old was this man, you're asking the wrong thought. We don't know how old he was. He might have been 30, 50, 70, 90. It doesn't matter. What matters is that the Holy Spirit had guided him to this place. Now, how did anybody know about the Holy Spirit when it hadn't come down yet upon the people? Because Luke is writing many years after this happened. He's telling the story, but he knows about the Holy Spirit, and he knows that Simeon has to be guided by that spirit. How many of you would think, all right, God told me I'm not going to die until I see this baby. I hope I don't see it for a long, long time. Or how many of you are praying, Lord, I'm ready. It's all right. Simeon was eager to see this baby. And when he saw Mary and Joseph carrying this child, he knew through the power of the Holy Spirit that this was the baby he had been looking for. This was the promised Messiah who would redeem Israel. Simeon knew that this was the baby that Almighty God, our Creator, had sent into the world. So he went to the parents. He looked at Mary, and he took that baby in his arms. And as Annette told the children, how many mothers today would just stand there and let a complete stranger come up and take the baby from their arms? Can you hear the mother screaming? and the father chasing after the man. But they were at peace. They understood that Simeon was sent by God. They were amazed. And can you think of what's racing through their minds as he told them what was going to happen? He spoke words that reflected Isaiah who had spoken from many years before. He told the parents that Israel would be divided over this baby. Some people would accept the baby. Others would be completely against this child. He said there's going to be a restoration of Israel, and this restoration is going to include the Gentiles not just for Jews, he was for the world. Simeon didn't explain anything, he just looked at them. And as he finished speaking, he looked at Mary and said simply, a sword will pierce your heart. What could he mean? He means that something dreadful is going to happen to my child. But what is it, and when is it going to happen? But Simeon departed. That ordinary man who lived a quiet life, maintaining faithfulness to God, had been chosen to deliver a message to Joseph and Mary. He delivered it, and he departed. Who would have thought it? But this wasn't the end of God's plan for Mary and Joseph that day. At that moment, even though Mary must have been in momentary shock, a woman appeared, and her name was Anna. Anna had married at the normal age of marrying. She probably married somewhere around the age of 13 or 14. But her husband had lived only for seven years. And then she was widowed. And now we learn through scripture that she's 84. So she's been a widow for probably 60 years plus. That's a long time. But Anna lived at the temple. But scripture goes further. It tells us that she was known as a prophet. She was a woman who proclaimed praise to God. Her father was Penuel from the tribe of Asher. And she lived in one of the rooms in the courtyard of the temple. Corners in the courts held little one, they call them rooms, probably little cubicles for people who had nowhere else to be. And since she had been widowed so long, she probably had no family of any kind. And she lived in the temple. She fasted. She prayed. She prayed, I'm sure, after morning and evening prayers and shot up little prayers all through the day. Prayers of praise. She fasted most likely breaking that fast each day after evening prayers. We never saw her name in Scripture before this moment. And after she proclaims to everybody she sees in that area, and she knew everybody since she lived there, she knew everybody who came and probably knew why they came. But she proclaimed to everyone who would listen, this baby is the promised Messiah. God chose an older woman. I said older because I didn't want to insult any of us in the congregation today. But in those days, you know, the lifespan was much shorter than our lifetime. So at 84, she would have been old. And I don't know about most of you, not so for some of you, But for many of us, 84 is getting to be younger and younger every year. But God chose an older woman to deliver his message that day. My maternal grandmother had been brought up on a farm in Franklin County And she was a devout Baptist. We won't hold that against her. Of her five children, two were Presbyterian and three were Methodist. So it was a truly ecumenical family. After she and Grandpa were married, his job took them to Texas. If you can imagine growing up on a farm in Franklin County, way back, and then going all the way to that strange land of Texas for your job. But Grandma moved. No question, she picked up and she went. And after that job was completed, they came back to Virginia and lived on my granddaddy's farm where she had lots of things to do, including feeding a hearty noon meal to everybody who came to help with planting and reaping the crops. Well, at some point in her life, now I'm not sure how old she was when this happened. I can come fairly close, but I'm not going to try that today. She contracted encephalitis, known then as sleeping sickness. She wasn't able to care for herself or her household. My mother had to leave Ferrum College to go home to help with her care. Now, I don't know exactly how long Grandma was unconscious or semi-conscious, but I do know that she said some pretty funny things to people who came to visit her. For example, one day a lady came whose hair was always rather bushed out and, I don't know, windblown. It it didn't look too groomed. And Grandma looked up and said, get out from behind that brush pile so I can see who you are. (laughs) My grandmother would never have said that to someone when she was in her right mind because she was too thoughtful and too kind to say anything like that. After she regained her strength, and she did recover fully, she told the family about a vision she had during her illness. This was in the days before Catherine Kubler-Ross. She had never heard of people having an out-of-body experience. Grandma had a vision. She was in a boat. And Jesus was paddling that boat up the river. She saw fantastic colors. She saw bright lights. She thought how beautiful it was. And Jesus said, I can't let you go. I have to take you back but I will promise you one thing. You will live at least 20 more years. And every time Grandma got sick, including a major stroke from which she recovered, she said, don't you worry about me, children. Jesus told me I'm going to live 20 more years at least. And she did many more than 20 years. God kept his promises and Miss Sally let everybody know that God was faithful to keep his promises. I have one of her diaries. It's not the typical diary, but she jotted notes and all kinds of things. And I know how she loved and served the Lord. Who would have thought that God would have chosen this woman from a farm in Franklin County to proclaim his word to everyone she knew. Who would have thought it? Think about all the things that you do. And while you're thinking, I want to. Retell you part of a story because most of some of you have heard part of this and some of you don't know any of it. But one Sunday in a January, a number of years ago, I was sitting up in the third row of the balcony, pretty much right square in the center. And the balcony was packed that Sunday, as was the church last sunday and the sunday before that and the pastor gave an altar call and something well it hit me in the middle of the forehead actually but i knew i had to get up and go i didn't know why i had no idea that within several months, I would be standing in a pulpit in pastoral ministry. This girl, who had wanted to be a sports announcer and commentator, was standing in a pulpit. Who would have thought it? Not I. God has many things that we can do in the church. We worship. We worship together in fellowship. There's Sunday school classes to teach and attend. Teachers are needed. There's a clothes closet to maintain. There's a food bank to work in. There are many mission projects to do. There's so many things that can be done in a church. And no, God doesn't call everybody to stand up here on a Sunday morning and preach. You can do many things very quietly. And as I look through the congregation this morning, I see so many of you who do so many things that nobody knows about. But where would the church be if they weren't done? People are faithfully serving God, not for recognition, but for the glory of God. There's a choir. Do you miss them this morning? I do. They'll be back next week. There are community areas in which to serve. Do you attend a small group study here? Do you read God's word every day? There's so many things we can do to worship God. Think about Anna and Simeon once again. God chose a man who lived his life probably very quietly, just being righteous and devoted. There was a woman who spent her life in prayer and fasting, praising God who was 84 years old. God chooses young people. God chooses old people. God has something for everybody in between. But God chose you to be here this morning. And me. Simeon and Anna were chosen. Who would have thought it? Amen. Please turn in your hymnals to hymn number 242 and stand as we sing. The ushers will please come forward Let us pray. Almighty God, this morning we bring to you a small portion of that which is yours to return for service in the church and its many projects. Lord, we give you thanks for the bounty with which we have been blessed. We ask that you lead us always to worship you with our whole selves. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please remain standing and we're going to back up and do the affirmation of faith, which I inadvertently jumped over. If you need, uh, Craig is already there. So let's join together in the affirmation of faith. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. At this time, we'll go to our morning prayer. We're not going to do the categorized calling out of names, but at a particular time, I will invite you to lift the names of those or the the situations that you wish to bring to the Lord in prayer. So let us bow our heads in prayer. Gracious God, we come before you today giving thanks and praise for all you have done and are doing in our lives. We have celebrated again your coming as a tiny baby, a baby who was born into a world of domination and Roman oppression. As we look around the world today, Lord, we see that in some 2,000 years, many people have not changed at all. People all around the world are still suffering. They're hungry. They're surrounded by war persecution, homelessness. Many of these problems are caused by corrupt governments. Many are caused by neglect and attitudes of greed and leaders who only want more power. In our own area, we hear more and more instances about hunger among our children this is happening throughout our nation. And in this wealthy nation, Lord, no one should go hungry. But may we, as people of God, continue to do all we can to alleviate this food deficit in our communities, our nation, and our world. And we give you thanks for all of those who donate their time in service to aid in our food ministries because we know that it takes hours and hours to do this work in your name. As our Congress reconvenes in January, we lift up all those members who have been elected to serve and to legislate for the betterment of humanity. We lift up the leaders of all levels of government, local, state, national, and those around the world, that they may maintain the best interest of their people at heart. We pray for peace among all the bickering factions in this country. We lift up the sick, the starving, those who suffer throughout our nation and the world. And as we pause for silent prayer, hear those requests that lie on our hearts and hear those petitions as we call out names of those who had need, have need of your presence today. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Lord, in your mercy, hear Hear each of our prayers, those lifted and those in the silence of our hearts, as we pray together the prayer that Jesus taught us, praying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven, Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom the power and the glory forever amen And now let's stand and sing Joy to the World Thanks again to Miranda, and thank you, Beth, for all the beautiful music this morning. And now, go. Go with hope and trust in truth in your hearts. Go with the joy of Christmas and Christmas love. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.